This is the Odd Father podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. And a top of the day to you, Pastor Chris Matthews. And the same back to you, Dr. Pete Court. <laughs> Great to get together with you and uh, chat. I'm going to start you with a very curly question, as I like to. Are you a minister or are you a missionary? Um, what do you reckon? You're asking what's my uh, position I'm on asking, that. Know, what's your position? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a bad person. So um, you, do, do you see yourself as a missionary to the people or do you see yourself as a minister with the people? Uh, in, in terms of definitions, mm-hmm. um, I have heard that the fact that the the missionary is the same. You don't have to go to a foreign country to be a missionary. To be a missionary. Right, right. Um, but um, I would say that I wouldn't regularly, if at all, use that definition. Yeah. Um, I would see myself, I guess, more as a as a minister, and I haven't really analysed why that's the case. Okay, let's do that because I think there's probably something hidden in there. I think there's some stuff hidden there. I mean, because you are a man with a mission. Yes. I like, I like to think I'm a man with a mission. Yep. I, I don't necessarily – I think I'm probably a man with a number of missions, but I like to think that I, my life has a purpose and, and it is going somewhere mm. and it's doing something. Yeah, should you choose to accept it. Yeah, yeah. My, my mission, Should I, in case I self-destruct. In, yeah. yeah. And, and I think you're right. The, the, everybody, uh, I think, has – has missions, mm. and I'd ha- I, I don't think it's even even for people that we look up to, a, 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 who are great ministers or missionaries, mm. uh, that may may be their main mission mm. in life. But I, I'd I'd hope that it's not their only mission. Mm. Uh, although I think, in my experience with people who are dedicated missionaries, mm. that that has often led to be the case. I mean, as a minister, for instance, my mission is to lead my church, but I also have a mission to lead my family, mm-hmm. um, and I need to make sure those t- two missions uh, work together non-destructively. Do you also have a mission then, and this is where it starts to get a bit curly, to be led by your church? Because um, I'm wondering... Maybe let's come around it from the other side. Yes, um, ask it differently. Did the missionaries going out with the mission, as they did in the you know eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, and you know being sent out by all over the world to 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 save the lost in in all deepest darkest places, was that a good idea? Did they did they do more harm than good? It's it's hard to know. History can be very harsh. <laughs> yeah, um, but there's always a perspective. Um, I think they didn't do as much good as they could have. Um, but, I mean, you look. let's look at somewhere, speaking of deepest, darkest, someone like David Livingston. Right. Um, he and his fellow missionaries uh, went out to a country, whereas if you look at it today, has a mm. very strong Christian mm. um, population yep. in, in large areas of it, um, which has done amazing things and has been a place where we've seen amazing miracles and faith and, mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. So, you know, as a legacy, that's a pretty good one to leave. <sighs> I, I, so, yeah, but. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I have a big but. Oh, well, um, <laughs> and I cannot lie. Across, across Asia and across Africa, the Christian faith, the, the believers in Christ, the numbers are exploding. 
And it's not because of the missionaries. It's because they're they because God is there, always was there, and they are now finding that that this is this this is the this is the story that they believe. This is what they want to live. Yes. And I, I wonder whether the missionaries going there went there to bring them something that they already had. Possibly. Uh, although I think that that's a trend that I think is worldwide. Mm. Um, especially in places where missionaries have been. And in some ways, and I, I don't have any evidence to back this up, mm. but it, it seems to me that often what happens, there's a, a, a point of introduction. Right. And then at some time later, there is a point of ownership. And I think the, this second wave of, mm. uh, of a boost of Christian faith is a boost from within, a sense of ownership that mm. yeah, we have discovered the Christ within us that was shown us by the missionaries. Mm. Yeah. I think okay. the thing that okay. was mission, miss, mission, mission from <laughs> missionary activity mm. was the idea of cultural relevance, mm. um, especially, I mean, it was the British Empire. Mm. And so the British missionaries that went out, more, almost more, Mm. Than proselytizing for Jesus, they were they were emissaries of the British Empire. Proselytizing for Britain, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the same can be said of most countries that mm. supported the. I mean, the Crusades are an obvious example yeah. where, where they where they literally went out and made a killing. Um, uh, yes. So, so and you've got horrible people like King Leopold of Belgium who who slaughtered mm. and tortured and. Mm. Um, did nasty things to a huge heap of um, mm. Africans in the mm. Belgian Congo, all in the name of empire, saving saving them or in no, making them Belgian, making them Belgian. Right. I, mean, I don't right. think he had much okay. interest in yeah, saving exactly. people. Exactly. So how did how did how did we, meaning the church, and this is this is us, we are the same God, mm. the same church that was romping around Africa and Asia and 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 Australia. We had missionaries come to Australia. How did we get that wrong? What did we get wrong? Um, I think a degree of arrogance uh, in the certainty of our faith because coming from a place like Europe where Christianity had existed in very structured form for many centuries and in a way that was such that unlike today – I, I remember you, there's a blog that post that you did talking yeah. about the next phase of of uh, understanding the Bible. All right, yeah, uh, yeah. where <clears throat> everybody has access to it. Mm. I mean, in the 1800s or whatever, the number of people who actually had access mm. to studying the Bible right. was very few. A lot of a lot more people could read the Bible than in previous centuries. Yeah. Um, Theology was still a, yeah. a, you know, the Wizard of Oz type of thing, this smoke well, and mirrors. E- even now reading the Bible isn't very helpful. It's a, it's a totally different culture that we're written. We've mentioned this in the past and it's, it's becoming much more, people are becoming much more aware of the fact that the Bible was written a long, long time ago in a very, very different culture with a very, very different lens and a different focus and we find it difficult. Yes. And we've had, like you say, hundreds, hundreds of years of, of Bible scholarship and 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 we we were speaking with um, Sophie Gary mm. about you know the Greekification and the body and soul. I mean all these little things to get it wrong, 
And yet your point is that we're willing to go to sail off to Africa and tell them how to do it. Yes. And we don't know. Exactly. And I think that Ah. that is in itself a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, I mean, we're in a lucky situation in a sense that we're beginning to know that we don't know. Yeah. I think back then they didn't know that they didn't know. Mm. And so they enthusiastically jumped in and ignored a whole bunch of stuff which actually I think would have really helped them Mm. and brought English Jesus Mm. to African and Asian continents uh, where as far as I've discovered he was was a Hebrew. Yeah, he was was already there. Yeah. So we we have this arrogance of being right Mm. that overcomes the humility that we need to really learn from them as well, isn't it? Well, I I mean, I would tar all missionaries would say. No, no. I mean, there Mm. were a lot of people uh, who tried to integrate Mm. uh, into uh, native life. In fact, in the typical British arrogance way, they'd gone native and were looked down upon uh, by the established clergy. Um, But they often lost their lives uh, serving the people uh, that they were trying to reach uh, because they were actually humble enough to put themselves at risk. So you're saying they went there as missionaries and ministered. They became ministers instead of... Interesting. Which is exactly what Paul said. I'm going to be all things to all people. Mm. If you need me to be this, I'll be that. Yeah. And and that's... Yeah. Unfortunately, you don't hear a lot about them because a lot of them died. Okay, so first of all, I need to apologise to all the missionaries who I threw under the bus. Um, Being a missionary is an enormously problematic thing anyway. And there are an enormous number of what what are called missionary organisations now Mm. that are actually ministering. And I wonder whether we need to question the terminology that we use. But to go into the world and minister is a very powerful thing and a very useful thing. Yes. Mm. Um, And... I mean, it's it's easy to be critical, mm. I think, because you know, this is another one of those things where, you know, what do you do more in life? Make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing happens in ministry. Uh, I can certainly attest to the fact that on becoming a pastor and taking on a church, I didn't start off with the skill mm. or the knowledge or the expertise uh, that I needed to not make mistakes, mm. and thankfully I guess those <laughs> mistakes have taught me a lot. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean, unfortunately, mm. that people didn't get hurt along the way, yeah. that I didn't make stupid decisions which impacted people's lives, uh, other, even other than my own, um, and do things that I, I regret in hindsight yeah. only because if, if I knew what I knew now I would have done it differently. Um, and so, but I think that's a rule. That's that's a rule that is probably essential. And I think that's why this is a really interesting question to ask: missionary versus ministry. And I think all of the organisations that I know now and that I support as they go out and do the work, they are ministry organised. Things like mercy ships who run hospitals to help people. I'm involved with a school in Africa who teaches kids, um, and they are Christian organisations, and the gospel is in there, but it's being lived rather than being taught. Yeah. And I, I think you're touching on the same thing we need to do here. Pastors need to, and, and I've, I've jotted down in this note here, we need, we need a flexible belief. We need to go there also to learn. 
Yes. Um, and I think that's that's a, a tricky thing to do um, and takes takes a lot of courage, I guess. Humility. Um, and humility. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the more you do it to it, the easiest it gets easier because mm. one of the things I guess I discovered first was that how much I knew didn't actually matter. Yeah. And yeah. therefore it wasn't worth holding on to or being precious about my knowledge or intellect uh, because essentially in a lot of ways it was irrelevant. Uh, there's, a, there's a great saying and I, I say this to people that I, I train to preach in our church. Mm. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I will not let people preach in my pulpit until unless they are prepared to care for people first before yeah. they expound their knowledge to them. Have you got that on a T-shirt? It's it or a bumper sticker. Yeah. It's it's almost it's almost so good that it's a cliche, isn't it? Never it? sold. It never sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I think that I think that's a very powerful thing. And one of the reasons I, I really enjoy doing this podcast with you is that we're not saying this is what we know. This is the truth. We don't know, and I think it's. I find it really encouraging to sit here and not know. I kind of like being ignorant because that's where the knowledge is going to come from. What a weird person. <laughs> you say that so easily. It took me years to, to uh, admit that um, I didn't have to be right with everything. Um, in fact, I used to take great joy uh, and people used to take great joy in bringing people to me with questions yeah. so that I could give answers. Yeah. And then they'd talk to me afterwards and say, well, was that real or did you just make that up on the spot? And yeah. Uh, it got to the point where I uh, started admitting to people that this is just my opinion. Uh-huh. I don't know this stuff, uh-huh. but make, this makes sense to me. This is what makes sense. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I actually ha- had to go from being an expert, yeah, um, because people assumed I was right um, for foolish, um, <laughs> to saying I got no idea, but this sounds good. Yeah. Um, what do you? Think? How about we go with this? Or yeah, what? Yeah. what you know, does this sit well with you? Because I don't know, but and that you're right. I feel a lot more comfortable with that. Nice. It was hard to do though. Okay, so let's be ignorant together. Yeah, why not? So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us podcast at theoddfather.net. Or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net, and check all the socials there, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time, and keep asking those questions.